I'm Kennedy. I'm Sophia. And today we're going to be talking about what you have to do to become a U.S. citizen. So, to become a U.S. citizen, you have to be 18 years or older, obviously, and you must be a permanent resident with a green card for at least five years. You only have to have a green card for three years if you're married to a U.S. citizen. You must stay a continuing resident in the U.S. at least three months in California and not have any trips outside of the U.S. for at least six months or longer. You must be able to read, write, and speak basic English and also have a basic understanding of U.S. history and the government. There are English language exemptions for applicants over 50 and that have lived in the U.S. as a permanent resident for 15 years or longer. Then you need to fill out and complete your in 400 paperwork and pay your filing fees. Make sure you make and keep copies of the paperwork because you will need to study for the interview to become a citizen. Your filing fee will be $640, plus your biometrics and fingerprints is an extra $65. Low income applicants can apply to reduce the fee. There are two parts of the naturalization test, US civics and English and your English will be assessed by your ability to speak, read, and write basic English during the interview. Your speaking is tested by how you answer the N-400 questions and your conversations with the USCIS officer. You'll need to study the 100 US civics questions and the USCIS reading and writing vocabulary if you are a beginner English speaker. Librarians can refer you to the citizenship study material and books from the citizenship careers in libraries, and some libraries and local and other local agencies offer citizenship classes or mock interviews, and, and there are also several online studies and classes. You can also use YouTube to watch mock interviews and to study the 100 civics test questions. What happens during the interview? The USCIS officer will begin to ask you simple questions when they first greet you. To make sure your English is strong enough to continue with the interview. How did you get here today? Are you nervous? Then they ask you for your documents and you are put under oath to promise to tell the truth. The officer will ask you to answer most of the questions from the N-400 form to confirm that your information is correct. The interview will continue with the U.S. history and civics questions, followed with the reading and writing test. If you owe the IRS for back taxes, be sure to have documents to prove that you were paying your debt. And it's okay to ask the USCIS officer to explain or repeat something if you don't fully understand. To pass the US history and civics part of the test, you must answer six out of 10 questions correctly. And you must read and write one out of three sentences correctly to pass these tests. You will be asked to read a sentence written and created from the vocabulary list and the, U the USCIS will dictate a sentence to you. Using the writing vocabulary list, George Washington is the father of our country, and remember to study all of the N-400 questions, including the yes or no questions, because the USCIS officer just might ask you for the meaning of a word. An example is, do you have any title or of nobility in any country? Why do you want to become a US citizen? Yes, you will have to answer this question. There is no wrong answer, but be prepared to say something. Then you must wait for their decision, and if it is approved, you have to go to ceremony where you will take an oath as an official U.S. citizen, the type of government the U.S. has. Many people also wonder what type of government does the U.S. have. Well, the U.S. 
has a constitutional federal republic, which is also referred to as a republic democracy. A republic is a state in which supreme power is held by the people and their elected representatives. A republic is a state in which supreme power is held by the people and their elected representatives, and which has an elected or nominated president rather than a monarch. So that just means that the people elected are the people in charge. A democracy is the state power is vested in the people and the people vote for their government and representatives. So a republic democracy is a state where the people vote for their government and representatives and that creates an environment where people can freely express their will. So a constitutional federal republic is a government that uses the constitution to structure their government. And that's how you become a U.S. citizen and what type of government the U.S. has. We're going to be talking about the first 10 amendments, which is called the Bill of Rights. So the first amendment is the right to freedom of speech, religion, press, assembly, and petition. That just means that Congress is not able to create laws that prohibit the freedom of speech, religion, press assembly, petition, or peacefully protesting. This means you have the right to speak your mind, be any religion, to journal, slash write about whatever you want, and peacefully protest whenever and wherever you want, and they can't make laws to prohibit that. Second Amendment is the right to bear arms. The government cannot make laws that prohibit people from carrying firearms. And the Third Amendment is no soldier can stay at someone's house against the homeowner's will. This just means that you have the right to say no if soldiers are trying to stay in your house against your will. The Fourth Amendment, search and seizure. This just means that no one can search you, your homes, papers, or effects without a probable cause. The Fifth Amendment is people can't be punished without a grand jury, and they cannot be deprived of life, liberty, or property without a trial. This just means that they can't take away your rights or properties without a trial, and you cannot be punished by law without having a grand jury. The Sixth Amendment. You have the right to have a lawyer, to have a witness for the accused, and to be able to see the accuser's witnesses and the right for the accused to know why and what they are getting accused of. And the Seventh Amendment is, if the controversy of a trial is worth more than $20, there must be a jury. And if there was not a jury in a prior case, that case must be re-examined with a jury. The Eighth Amendment is pretty simple. It's just, they can't use cruel punishments, bails, or fines on you. And the Ninth Amendment is, if the Constitution doesn't say they can do it, the government cannot do it. Finally, the last amendment of the Bill of Rights, the 10th. If it's not a right given to their federal government, it's given to the state's government. It's the same as the 9th amendment, but for states instead of people. And that was about the first 10 amendments, or the Bill of Rights. We'll be talking about elections and how elections work. Elections themselves are simple. You can register to vote if you're over the age of 18. After you register, you would get told to go to a specific place and you'd fill out a form and that's it, it, you voted. Everyone has the right to vote after they reach the age of 18 and you cannot be denied to vote by your race or gender. Presidents and vice presidents are in office for four years and that's called a term. A president is only allowed to serve as a president for two terms. The president and the vice president terms end at noon on January 20th. Senators and representatives terms end at noon on January 3rd.
And the Congress will assemble at least once a year, and the meeting will begin at noon on January 3rd, unless by law they've been appointed another day. And this was about elections and how elections work. Bye-bye. Bye.